another podcast from Firetop Mountain. A fighting fantasy podcast brought to you by Stuart Lloyd and Alison Sides. And welcome to another episode of the podcast of Firetop Mountain. In this podcast, um, we go through fighting fantasy books and discuss them and uh, tell you what we think of them. The um, um, I, very best fighting fantasy books, apparently. Uh, well, possibly, yes, according to some people. Well, according to people. you, because um, I don't know what happened this week. Well, okay. <laughs> you I, I you admit, like this week's one. I did not. <laughs> I, I do. I admit it's got some shortcomings, um, but I think it's better than what most people say about it. That's that's my opinion. Well, we'll, uh, we'll give it a good uh, a good shake this week and uh, see um, see if maybe you can you can change my mind. Um, do you want to tell people who you are and who I am? Yeah. Yes, that's a good <laughs> idea. So uh, my name is Stuart Lloyd. Um, and I write for the Lloyd of Game Books blog, and I, I make various game books. And I'm joined with the wonderful. Uh, and uh, yes, you are. Well, uh, you're joined with the wonderful. I don't, I don't know about that, but you're joined with Alison Sibe. Um, I don't know if I'd count as the wonderful um, writer on the uh, roleplay game um, industry, having written for um, games including Starfinder and Vampire: The Masquerade. Brilliant. Yeah. So. Um, I think we should talk about which book we're doing today, which was my choice, yes. and the book we're doing your, today's... Yours to be blamed for. <laughs> yes, definitely, right to be blamed for. I'm sorry for the, the lost uh, couple of hours you had. It is uh, no, Fighting Fantasy Twelve: Space Assassin. Yes, you are, uh, you are an assassin. You're in space. Exactly. Mm. Although it's a bit of a misnomer because the person you're sent to get... Um, you don't have to assassinate them. You don't? Um, so, I don't know, yes. I never got that far. Well, yes. I mean, there are some... I, I'm, this book, I've got. it's got a special place in my heart. It's my second fighting fantasy book. And I have read the most reviews online of it, and a lot of them don't say nice things about it. I'm going to try and defend some bits of it, and I'm going to admit there are some bits of it I can't defend, and one of them is the misnomer of um, the title, which is the fact that you are in space, so they get half of it right, but you don't <laughs> actually assassinate the, your target. So. I seem to remember that one of those uh, reviews that wasn't so kind was my own. Not, well, yes, yes, that's true, yeah. Um, I'll, I will uh, I will give it this. I did like the, uh, the illustrations um, in this one. I thought they were very cool. There were, oh, there yeah. were a lot of eyes. Yes, there were a lot of eyes. Yes, I'm just looking. Yes, there's a big box full of squirrels with lots of big eyes. I, I didn't notice the eyes. I, I've not 
That is a good point. Um, I don't know, I just found that uh, that jumped out at me. It's like um, the uh, all of the Fighting Fantasy books have uh, little um, inked illustrations, uh, just just little pictures um, on every uh, every page or so, um, every other page. Um, usually they're, they're very, uh, very nice, very evocative and kind of capture the feel for it. Um, for this one, I found a lot of eyes, which is quite creepy. It would work well in one of the horror ones. That is true. Yes, I see what you're saying there. Yes, one of the one of the sort of little illustrations. I don't know whose eyes they are. They're they're not human by the looks of them. They're the eyes of the ones who are who are looking for you as you stealth by in an assassinly way. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're always watching in this um, in this spaceship. Uh, well, someone's watching. Um, as as we'll get to, some of the security guards are not watching you. They're watching the football. Um, so yes, which, which, which they're the ones on the cover. Actually, if you look in the background, that you'll see some kind of space football going on. Space football. Yes. For the space yes. assassin. Exactly. I did um, enjoy um, the actual character creation in this one. You you you, uh, you do your stats for the uh, for the character. Um, and then you have uh, you have a couple of additional ones. You've got um, s similar to um, to House of Hell, which we uh, discussed last week. You've got additional ones, um, yes. and this one gave you uh, armor. Yes, so you're that's true. Assassin the armor, which um, you uh, you get a number on, and uh, my number was the uh, the mighty and and powerful number seven. Oh, yes, the the lucky number seven, I guess. Yeah, remind um, me what the maximum is. 12. Yeah, yeah. My arm is basically a wet paper bag. Uh, yes, yes. It's, uh, yeah, it won't stand up to the, the lasers and various things. It wouldn't um, stand up to an angry squirrel. No. And there is an angry squirrel in this book as well, actually. So Yes. Um, how, uh, how did you do with your rolls for the armor? Better? Well, yeah, my armor was decent. It was 10 to start with. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, my, my skill was a bit horrible on the first one. It's seven, which, which will well, will lead, that will lead to something about the book that can get a bit tedious if your skill is low. Um, but, but yes, but we can we can talk about the next thing, which helps actually improve your armor if you roll high on this one. Which you start with some money, and you and you have some choice over your equipment before you even start. Yes, which um, I I do like. It reminds me of. Um... Some of the uh, some of the other uh, Final Fantasy books. Um, I remember was it uh, Forest of Doom? You could uh, you could pick a few uh, magical items. Yes, yes. So yes, you get thirty gold pieces off Big Leg before he dies, and then you can spend spend all your money at Yastromo's Tower, which will help you through the forest. So, That's yes. in uh, Forest of Doom, not not in Space Assassin. No, no, exactly. It, it would be funny if it was in Space Assassin as well, if Yastromo popped up. But uh, Yeah, I mean, um, if you're playing uh, Spectral Stalkers, that's always a possibility. Uh, yes, that would be. We could, yes. if That would be an awesome fighting fantasy book, where you just jump between fighting fantasy books. You just, just sort of pop up at the inopportune moments. Well, this is all you know, something just... that you can you can write, by the way. I'm just saying. That's true. I could do that. Yes, that'd be a big fan thing. Yes, he sort of just pop up, pop up in Firetop Mountain, just in front of the Warlock. You know, just as he's getting ready to face the adventure, and then just disappear, and then pop up in Space Assassin. Yeah, uh, I think we've uh, we've invented a better fighting fantasy book than Space Assassin. 
That is, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what uh, what items did you uh, did you buy um, on your way to the mission? And we'll we'll tell people what the mission is. Um. My first, in my first go out of three, I bought an electric lash and a gravity bomb because um, I know the gravity bomb has lots of uses. So that was um, yes. What about you? What did you buy? I uh, stocked up with an assault rifle type of weapon. Um, I'm not uh, 100% what um, what the name of it was. I've just written assault rifle here. And uh, it's a assault blaster. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of grenades. Yes, they're very useful. So that's good. Yes. Um, yes, especially if you get multiple opponents, which a couple of there's a couple of uh, encounters where having a grenade is is the best option. Mm. Yes, um, excellent. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we can. Get, well, should we go on to the mission? Yes. Yes. What uh, What is our um, What are our assassins sent out to uh, to do? Ah, well, you're sent out to find Cyrus. He is. Um, he's a scientist. Or a but he's not. He's, or a necromancer. Yes, because. Um, Yes, because as, as a lot of people online uh, have said, and I'm not going to argue with them, this is basically a dungeon crawl in space. A space dungeon crawl. Um, a spaceship, so, spaceship dungeon crawl. Exa exactly. He's been um, sending out his army of um, killer, undead, mutant skeletons to various uh, village planets in the area. Yes, exactly. And uh, people are sick of this, and they've hired you to not assassinate him to bring him to justice um, and he is flying around on his giant spaceship the Vanderbecken um, which and we'll find out why it's giant in a bit because you can see a lot of it because it's basically um, a dungeon it is basically a dungeon yes um, that's that's why it's so big exactly it's a space dungeon yes we, we can we can just put the word space in front of everything <laughs> and just turn it into um, yes and then, and then hope that people will think that the sci-fi thing is uh, is going to sink in. Uh, Which, yeah. yes, there <laughs> yeah. we go. All the people that are uh, listening to our, uh, all the people listening to our space podcast. Exactly. Every everything's better in space. So, yes. so there we go. Um, so yes. Although at this point, I'm I'm going to say that the fact that it's a dungeon crawl doesn't necessarily make it bad. No, no, that is true. That is true. There are, there are good dungeon crawls. Um, Desert so, dungeon being just one of them. Exactly. So yes, um, and, but yes, not in space. But there we go. Um, so yeah, so so you have to go and capture Cyrus in on, in his Vanderbecken, his big spaceship, um, and you go aboard the ship supply shuttle. Um, so th there we go. Um, yes, because he wants to. He, he's going a bit too far now. I mean, capturing people and using them in experiments is already going too far. But he's going even further. He wants to shower an entire planet in radioactive isotopes and viruses just to see Both. what happens yeah Both i know possibly yeah. at the same time or, or maybe maybe was it was it one and then the other um he, he'll cover the surface of the planet with radioactive isotopes while showering deadly viruses upon all living creatures see, i'm not Sorry. sure what that would actually do um well according to the fact that they're deadly viruses i assume it would kill everybody so I, I, it doesn't sound like he needs to do this experiment. I think he's already 
I think it's already sorted. I, I think he's just yeah. wasting his time now. Basically. I think so, yeah. I mean, to be fair, he is a, an evil scientist. He probably, um, probably needs to find some way to justify the funding. Exactly. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes, exactly. Getting uh, Writing those proposals isn't easy. Goes to the uh, goes to the science council. Um, look, I've definitely discovered something. This planet is now dead. I've done there well. I need fifty thousand yeah. credits. Exactly. Hope, yeah, so he can go on to his next experiment. Um, yeah, it's either publish or perish in science. That's what I've heard. So. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so we uh, we uh, begin our adventure by smuggling ourselves into Silas's uh, spaceship while it is yes. uh, refueling, I believe. Yes, exactly. Yes, um, and so you end up well, you end up giving choice some choice of doors like a dungeon crawl um, or looking through some refuse. Um, so yes, which I, I realised through my playthroughs, which I. I haven't played through for a while, so I couldn't remember. I immediately used a gravity bomb on the security door um, and then ended up in a fight with a robot. Oh, um, oh dear. Well, I, I managed to sneak aboard without any problems whatsoever. Ah, excellent. <laughs> but you, you managed to, uh, to get into a fight straight away. I did, yes. Um, and then I later realised that I, if I'd walked around the corridor, I could have ended up in that room anyway so I, I kind of wasted my gravity bomb mm -hmm. um, the, the robot is a bit weaker because presumably because of the gravity bomb uh, it's it was only skill 5 stamina 5 uh, most of most of the opponents are quite weak so I had to fight it with with range combat which which reminds me because not all of the combat in Space Assassin is resolved the same way as in most fighting fantasy books because so this was a gunfight where you have to roll under your skill to hit them, hit your opponent, and then your opponent has to roll under their skill to hit you. But if you manage to roll equal to or less than your armor, then you don't take any damage from that hit if they hit you. So that's good. But then you lose an armor point. So it, it kind of gets it gets more and more useless as you go to, as you uh, as you get hit more. See, so, I'll, I'll give it full uh, full credit for that. That is something that I uh, that I did quite that I did quite like. Yes. Yes, it is It is good. Um, with a skill of seven, it gets a bit tedious, and a skill of five, because you're not you're basically just missing each other a lot. But yes, it was... I'm, I'm glad you like that, because I like that too, because Andrew Chapman, who wrote it, had obviously thought that you can't just resolve gun combat in the same way as hand-to-hand -hand combat. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, I think uh, it worked well. That was... Um... I, full hands up. Um, I think that was uh, that was very positive. So um, yeah. Oh, brilliant! Hooray! I've got I've got a positive from someone. I've got yeah, a positive from yeah. So so far we're on one point. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo um, so yeah. So 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 you went through without any trouble. So when was your first spot of trouble then? on the van de Well, I uh, managed to um, sneak my way through one of the um, external airlocks, um, and that uh, deposited me into, um, into an area of the ship I had no idea where it was, and I uh, almost immediately stumbled over the, uh, the body of a dead alien creature. Um, I, I, I still, to this day, don't know what that creature was, 
um, but it seemed to be clutching a uh, a button of some sort. Um, the item was it, it looked like it was like part of an item. Uh, the the book kind of hinted that it was incomplete. That you need to like take that button and attach it to um, to something else. Um, so I've just written on my uh, on my on my uh, notes um, in the inventory um, alien button. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's not just to keep the clo its clothes on, its shirt on. It's uh, it's uh, one you press. So, well, this this brings me. Well, it's good that you found that because I expect you didn't find the other half because it's hidden very well. No, I, I had no idea what it was uh, meant to attach to. Um, is that something you um, you found? I I didn't find on this playthrough, but I I know what it's for. It's called a pan-dimensional homing device, um, and this is. Well, this is one of the reasons why I think this book is better than it is, because it's quite a it's quite a good device. Because basically, you press it, and it's it's what you do is you press it when you when you've got an opponent, and then somebody, some alien, it's a different alien each time, I think, takes that uh, opponent to a different dimension, and then you have to pay them with a weapon or two pieces of armor, um, and if you can't pay them, then they'll take you to another dimension. So it's um, it's a bit like a it's like a one-hit kill against certain opponents, but as long as you can pay them. Uh, and, and this is why I think it's Space Assassin is better than most people think, because it's very hard to actually find the other half of the pan-dimensional homing device. It's it's stuck in the, the planet bit. Um, and, and there's actually a really good death paragraph for the pan-dimensional homing device as well, because uh, I don't know, did you find the, the sort of black spheres in a room that were sort of floating around? I the, did not. Well, think of them as spheres of annihilation um, from Dungeons and Dragons, but space spheres of annihilation um, because we're going for space. If you if you try and use the pan-dimensional homing device on that, because you've um, because you've uh, got rid of seventy-seven of them, you oh they actually say it's sphere of annihilation. You didn't even bother changing the name. Um, so there we go. Um, <laughs> So the, the death paragraph is you get transported to a place and there's a little note that says, since you can't pay for it, we're going to leave you here. Um, and then there's a really funny bit at the end because they sign off a little sorry, which I thought was quite funny. Because uh... oh, So, so the, uh, the aliens apologise for abandoning you in another dimension. Exactly. And, and the thing is, see, the thing is, I think that's quite a good ending. But... I like that. Yeah, so there you go, but no one's ever going to find that ending because you no one's ever going to find the other half of the pan-dimensional homing device, which is in the... I can't, I can't even remember. I didn't find it on my playthrough, so... Um, yeah. So I think one of the reasons why this book is better than it is is because all the good bits are hidden away very <laughs> well. Okay, you'll, you get a, you get another point for that. I like that. Oh, oh thank you. Right, oh, good. I'm, I'm on a roll. Um... So yeah, so I yeah, so I killed the alien, uh, the robot. Um, I I found a man in a pod who told me to say I don't know if I ever met the robot uh, pilot. Um, oh, and then I had a uh, yes, that was at the uh, that was at the brig, wasn't it? Um, yes, you probably you probably. Uh, it's quite an easy room to come across. It's like one of the first rooms. Yeah, it was right next to the airlock. It makes me wonder what uh, what Cyrus does to his prisoners. Well, yes, I, I found 
another one. He does very nasty things to his prisoners. Um, usually genetically engineer them to do um, to look horrible and probably feel worse. See, so, I have yeah. questions about the layout of the um, of the ship um, you, because you have the uh, the brig right next to, um, to to our way in, which for me was the airlock, um, which is a fairly easy way for uh, for prisoners to escape. Uh, presuming they've got like. Um, can arrange a shuttle to, to get out or something. I'd have put it next to like the uh, the security bay. That is a good point. Yes, yes, you're right. So um, the ship doesn't make much sense. I'll, I'll give you that as well. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, yes. That's, that's me got a point now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's do points. Um, so yeah, that's true. Um, so anyone could just just hits the lift on the on, out of there yeah so we exactly. find the uh, we find the prisoner he's, a, he's an old wounded prisoner and tells me to be careful um, with the ship's pilot um i've noted he doesn't tell me anything useful like don't go into the next cell because there's a nasty little monster that will chew part of your armor off um, that is true so i went into the next cell and encountered a nasty little monster that chewed part of my armor off exactly and and he calls it an imp Yes. Uh, and the more, yes, the more I'm, the more I'm reading this, the more I'm realizing how he hasn't bothered to change the names of some of these to space. Um, imp. Yeah, spacing. I mean, yeah, you could just stick the word space in front of it. That's fine. Um, that that'll do for most of it. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So it chewed my armor off as well because I forgot completely about that. I would very um, much have liked for him to just like tell me that there was a, there was an imp in the next uh, next cell. You would. You'd expect that's the sort of thing he'd know, because they might have been put in the cells together. Just or... a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So there we go. But yes. nevertheless, um, yeah, lots of um, interesting things in the cells. And then, um, then something weird happened for me. But um, let's see what happened for you. What, what happened next in your playthrough? So I, uh, I found some graffiti that says "I hate Cyrus," which. Um, is a dead end, but then I, I came back. I then found some Fosnics, or Fosnics, which are basically rat people, who I threatened, and they uh, and forced them to strip for some reason. Yes, um, that happened to me as well. I, um, I, I presumed that they were scientists because they were wearing lab coats. Yes, I, they, do, they do say that. They say that they're but humble scientists. Um, I, I just like to point out that the forcing them to strip is not a choice that you make. You have to do that. Yeah, it was it was a bit odd. Yeah, they uh, they begged me not to kill them. I agreed, and then for some reason the book told me that I made them strip. I yes. don't know why. Well, there, there we go. I guess. Um, well, the, the more I go through this book, the more I think that the assassin's not that great at their job, be, be, uh, because. Um, oh, in in the previous in the previous room, actually, the guard robots. Did you did you try to speak to the guard robot before it's before you attacked it? Oh God, no! It was a guard robot. Well, that's very logical. <laughs> um, if you do try to speak to the guard robot, the guard robot tries to shoot at you first. But for some reason, you start the sentence with "I say," uh, and then and then you get cut off by the by the shots. Um, I say, yes. how rude! Yes. So I, I say, I please I'm lower just... those guns. I'm just trying to be civil. Oh dear. Yes. 
So, so yeah, I think so. So there's these little jokes that Andrew Chapman's put in, which I don't think everyone finds, but yeah, I thought that was quite funny. Um, that is awesome. I like that. Yes. Um, so yeah, so so yes, yeah, so I found the Fosnicks as well. Um, did did we both go through the security door with their key? Um, I did take their key and I went into a secured area, uh, which I presumed would be um, one of the laboratories. Uh, because they were scientists um I but guess. instead it took me into a kitchen yes that is yes i found that and then and then you go out the kitchen and and go to a, an inspection point oh um, um but i did find some uh, some food pills uh, which were called energy pills um yes yeah all, all in the in space future all meals come in pill form yeah, exactly. That's that's what everyone thought in the eighties, didn't they? Yeah, after the eight yeah. entire uh, cereal bowl full for breakfast. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I I just um, noticed on my uh, on my book, um, everything is pills now. Yes, you don't you don't start with provisions. You start with pills, and, and yes, you get more pills um, from this kitchen. So. Yes, um, that's very. That is a very. That is a very sort of 1960s to 1980s view of the future. The the, the meal pill. So I, so I definitely give it points for uh, for your entire meal being um, being pills. Yes, it, that was uh, that was that was good. Although they're better than they're better than fantasy meals because they restore five stamina points. Mm. So they've obviously improved improved their sort of nutritional. A nutritional science there. Excellent. I well, there, there, that's progress. I hear that um, in the future, medication is also given in pill, pill form. That is true. Hope. Yes. It. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> In, in either case, uh, my uh, my character's stamina was still pretty high, so I didn't bother taking in any of the pills. Um, yeah. But I did then run into a security robot who asked to see my ID. Exactly, yes. And I tried to bluff it, which was silly. Um, yeah. I was hoping to uh, to use the, um, the ID that I'd stolen from the naked scientists. Yes. Um, we do have to I refer guess... to them now as the naked scientists. That is true. That is true. Oh, another yeah, another prediction of the future because we do have the Naked Scientist podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they're actually rat people. I mean, you never see them, so possibly, they could be. Possibly. Um, maybe we're rat people. Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so yeah, I uh, I also uh, hoped to handle my security pass. It it didn't really give me the option. It just asked if I wanted to try and bluff it. Um, I tried this and the robot shot me. Exactly. Um, yeah, same with me. I'd, I'd just like to point out this robot. I don't know if Andrew Chapman was trying to go for a, a joke here. Um, it's a tripedal robot and it has a pair of electric lashes projecting from its chest. So um, that was a joke that went over my head as a child, but I'm not sure. I'm, well, I'm not sure if it was a joke, but it might have been a joke. I'm not sure in this case. You want to, um, want to explain the joke to anyone? I might want to. Well, I might. I, it, it reminded. Well, after, when I played it later, it reminded me of Fembots from Austin Powers, um, with their machine guns coming out of their chests. 
Um, so that's and, uh, wait, 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 and, and and you're thinking that the um, that that's where the electric whip tentacles, the tendrils are. Well, that that's what I, that's the image I have. Obviously, when I was about ten and playing it, I had no idea about that. But now, no, no, as we, grown... um, we we're going to need to uh, to find someone for you to talk to about this. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I swear, if anyone does uh, does any artwork for it, please don't don't share it with us. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. I, I I need to stop buying sort of the uh, the electronics monthly magazines. Um, oh dear. Anyway, yes. Yeah, let's we move on from my issues. Yeah. Um, then something weird happened, um, and I don't know if this is just me, but I I was asked if I wanted to examine the smouldering ruin of the um, of the robot, um, and in the process, I found a security safe hidden somewhere in the room. Yes. Oh yes, I found that as well, and I got the right order. Um, now, which because now I'm confused because I was searching the robot. And then I found a safe somewhere else in the room. Um, yeah, it says it's by its feet, so I guess you were searching the robot and then found the safe underneath it. I have issues with this safe, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yes, did, did you survive the safe? I did not. Ah, yes. So, um, yes, the safe is booby-trapped with a gravity bomb, which... Um, which doesn't, which sets off if you press the wrong order. Um, I think I know what your issue is. I, because my, I, my issue is that it, the book didn't give me the chance to leave the bloody thing alone. That is a that is a good point. That's not the issue um, I was expecting. That is true. Because you could, yes, you could just say, I've played a fighting fantasy book before. I'm not going to press some random buttons. Yeah, I didn't want to press any of the buttons. Instead, it said there are three buttons on it. You have to press one. Yes, and then and then, and then, you then it killed me because it wouldn't let me choose none. <laughs> I have issues with that particular save, <laughs> very specifically that one save. Three you buttons are, are on the safe. Yes, uh, yeah, the three, yeah, three buttons. Two of them will kill you if you press them. Um, yeah, so. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you died. No, no. Because... I, I want to point out: two of them won't kill you. Two of them will take you to passages that just say "turn to other section." Yes. So they both true. loop around, and when you read that, it takes you to a section which simply tells you "turn to another section." Um, that is true. I hate that. That is true, and when you, yes, well, yeah, I admit that that's that is a bit rubbish because the the death paragraph's only three line long. So at least put I, something in the text that directs you to turn to this other section. At least saying like, you push the button, turn to other section. Exactly. Yes, that that is lazy. It is literally saying turn to three three seven. Um, I mean, he could have just copied and pasted. Um, he could have just copied and pasted the death section into the other section. That would have been fine. Yes. Um, but he's making you work for it. He's making you work just to find out that you that you just end up dying. It, it, oh, yeah, it does it for both of them. It's a roundabout way, it is. I don't know if it's for both of them. That's what happened with my one. <laughs> oh, no, I'll just check. Yes, it's both the wrong ones. Tell you to go to another section. 
and they and then they direct you back to the same section, don't they? Um, yes, both the three three seven, which is um, yes. So, but what yeah, about that was... the other button? So the other button. Oh, should we say which button you press first? Um, you go for it. So you press the red one first, and then you have to press one of the other two. Um, so if you press the blue one, then you die, and it tells you to just turn to the 337 again. So that's not very helpful. So you press the red one, then you press the green one, um, and then since you only have the blue one left to press, you don't have to get a section for that. And... The, uh, the reason you die is because the safe is booby-trapped with a gravity bomb and and you the safe opens to reveal what do you think you get in your safe? I don't this know. This gave me like five different... How, how many buttons do I need to press in order to get this right? Uh, we have to press the first two right and then, and then the third one. So because there's no clue... You have a one in three chance and then a one in two chance. So and just to be clear, we have to do the safe if we if we look at the robots. Like that's true. Yes, I, you weren't expecting a safe. I hate that have... safe. That is true. That is a horrible safe. Well, you're gonna hate. <laughs> what do we hate... find inside that it had better be good? The the thing the only thing that's in the safe is the gravity bomb that was booby trapping the safe. What? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, uh, do you at least get to take the bomb with you? You do. You at least get to take the gravity bomb with you, which is which is good. Which is a consolation. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the world's worst safe. So yeah, I Um, hate that safe, and you have to do it. I don't know if you have to do it. If you, well, you you weren't you wouldn't be expecting to find the safe. You were just expect inspecting a the debris of a robot. I'm never investigating then, robot debris ever again. No, exactly, because there might be a safe underneath it. Um, Thus ended my space assassin. Oh well, <laughs> I I guess this points to how incompetent the space assassin is because there's some kind of space assassin who, when they see some buttons, they have to press them, which. I think is a terrible quality in a space assassin, or terrible quality in anyone who goes in space at all. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure that's like day one of astronaut training. Don't is... push that button. Exactly. Yes. I mean, they're going to be sitting in front of loads of buttons in a, in a space shuttle or something, and yeah, that's the last thing you want them to do. So, if you live in space, you probably get told not to push buttons when you're a toddler. But obviously, this space assassin didn't get told that. So this is the um, worst thing. I, I I never thought about that. I never thought you did that. You should have the option to leave the buttons alone. That is definitely that is leave the buttons alone. Exactly. Yes. There's there's no clue. You don't get any clue. So you just have a. It works out as one in six, one in three for the first one, and one in two for the second one. So providing you don't look at the robots like smouldering ruins um, or you're lucky enough to find this like the exact combination for the uh, for the safe uh, what uh, what transpires next because um, it was a well, point that I died yes um, 
there's a few things that I will just mention quickly. You get the chance to read so to read uh, some books on various things, um, which might help later. So either robotics or neurotoxins or um, squids uh, or very, like very mollusks. Um, you then get to meet some squirrels called the the cephalo squirrels, which is a clue as to what they. Cephalo, like, um, aquatic. Uh, cephalo is in, like, your head. Uh, like, um, like the, the dinosaur, Pachycephalosaurus, means hard-headed reptile. Oh, are they um, giant-headed squirrels? They're, they're, they're quite giant-headed. They're clever squirrels. They're, it's a clue as to what they do later. Because if you... Uh, feed one and capture one and feed one then it starts having a conversation with an intelligent a highly intelligent creature creature later and then you can sneak sneak past this creature why did which i miss is, this um that this was after the bomb <laughs> but this sounds so much better it, it does yes it's better than pressing random buttons um so yeah, they're, they're, they're very good, the, the cephalo squirrels. And you, you've got to get the right order. You've got to catch them and feed them and, and not eat their fruit because it kills kills humans and humanoids. Um, yeah, so you, you catch a cephalo squirrel, which which are very brainy, but they just fall asleep on you. You don't you don't hear how brainy they are unless you come across the the, the zark, I think, I think it's called. Um, so you carry them well yeah you have one of them that's fallen asleep on your on your shoulder this sounds awesome oh well, there you go well it's um i immediately want one of these well yes they'll, they'll be great they'll be great companions they can have a little conversation with you about philosophy or something providing i don't uh, accidentally blow myself up on the safe exactly <laughs> yes they could possibly warn me by the way leave that safe alone yes well yes I, th I think that was common sense i think the assassin just doesn't have common sense basically um, so so there we go oh oh and i died quite soon after the cephalo squirrel actually because um after them you come across some more buttons which you have the option of press. you have two buttons and you have the option of pressing one both at the same time or the other one um so if you press the left one or both at the same time you end up falling onto a, a planet there's a little natural area that cyrus has, has kept in his spaceship which is basically like a wilderness you, you have this little side quest where you wander around a wilderness oh like uh, like uh, artificial yeah, yeah, like a, like a biome, and there's cliffs and plains and various other things Inside and forests. Inside the ship, yeah. That sounds awesome. Why is that not closer to the start of this adventure? It, well, because um, Andrew Chapman took all the good stuff and he hid it away uh. because it's it's purely optional. <laughs> um, there's there's not much on it. I mean, there's the other half of the pan-dimensional homing device in, in, in the wilderness bit. The cool thing that. is hidden in the awesome place. Exactly, which is completely optional. So if you if you actually want to 
assassinate or capture Cyrus, you can just avoid it. So yes, I, I, I remember doing this adventure and finishing it really quickly when I found out the true thing and, it, and I missed all the awesome things. The, the true so, thing? The, the what, sorry? The, the true path. Ah, like okay. The, or the quickest path, because you can just wander around the wilderness and then get out of the wilderness and then just go back onto the onto the true path again. Mm. So it's it's purely like this side thing, um, switch. Um, so because I knew which button to press and I knew it was a side thing, I pressed the right-hand button where I got attacked by some cleaners who promptly killed me because um, this is another issue. Well, this is an issue that the book has. Um, and I don't know if Andrew Chapman did it deliberately, but one of the cleaners had a skill of nine, which is the highest skill of a creature in the book. And um, I think that Cyrus has like missed a trick with this cleaner because the, the guard robots all had a skill of seven. And this cleaner's better at combat than any guard robot I came across. I mean, to be fair, if, you, um, if you're hiring a cleaner for your um, spaceship, you want them to be... Um able to, uh, to to handle any situation true well these did they killed me because I only had a skill of seven um, so I um, I died I got killed by cleaners mm. um, one one with a skill of eight one with a skill of nine and then the last one had a skill of seven but I never got round to that one so, um, yeah so I, di I died by cleaners who are much better at combat than any of the combat uh, members of the crew when you say uh, when you say cleaners, I'm I'm just presuming that they're wielding phaser mops and, and laser buckets. I don't know. I kind of lost the, that train there. It's it's not it's it's futuristic, but it's not even lasers. It's they say um, uh, vacuum cleaner sucking and a hydrovac spewing vapors and steam. So you get clobbered over the head with a vacuum cleaner and then steam to death. Yeah, so th there's three cleaners. Two of them look like small cat people, and one of them looks like. Um, when I say he's a carrot top, I, I don't mean he's got ginger hair. I mean he's literally got a head that's shaped like a carrot. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. What? Um, so <laughs> there we go. Now, um, well, <laughs> um, you've mentioned that there is a um, a route through this adventure, um, and that you. You have solved it quite a few times in the past, haven't you? Yes, I have. So let's um, um, let's see how um, how do you um, how do you navigate your way through and uh, bring Cyrus to justice? Uh, well, if you get past the cleaners, um, you basically you then need to you come across the Zark, which I did on my second attempt. And the Zark asks you a question, which is the easiest way to get past it. Remind, uh, I could... me, uh, remind me what's the Zark. Is it the Zark? I'm just going to check for his name. Oh, yes, it's Zark. So he's wearing armor and has a disintegrator. He's kind of looks like he's got a pig snout, but you can't see much of his face. Oh, the Zark, it's... The, uh, the alien or, or the mutant? Uh, he, he's an alien. Okay. And they're supposed to be highly intelligent, super intelligent. Um, and like all super intelligent guards, he seems to uh, he seems to let let you through if you prove yourself just as intelligent. Which 
to be fair, I think is a terrible quality in a guard because I think guards are just supposed to guard and not sort of forgo their duties. If, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd think that, wouldn't you? You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, well, I know you're here to steal the crown jewels, but, you know, you're a good bloke, so, you know, hop on in. And that, that doesn't happen. Um, that I know of. I've not tried to steal the crown jewels. Or, you know, you don't get bouncers at clubs sort of asking you trivia questions if, you, if you're wearing trainers and then letting you in. Because you might be wearing trainers, but you, you knew the sort of capital of Egypt or whatever. So, you know, that's fine. Um, there we go. Um, so, yeah, on my second attempt, I got to the Zark and I used the Cephalo Squirrel, which was a mistake. Because um, there are three doors past the Zark and you have to go through the center one. And, and the, the fact that I distracted the Zark meant that he didn't open it for me and I had to use a gravity bomb to open it, which I didn't have. So I had to take the right hand door um, because the left hand door leads to death. Um, and the right hand door leads to another thing that I think is pretty awesome, but completely avoidable, which is a tank battle. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the mechanics, the mechanics are sort of there. There's a whole set of rules, which you see at the back. Um, and you basically drive around this area and you get status points and the status points determine where the enemy tank is. And then you basically shoot at each other when you see each other um, and you have to win to carry on in the adventure. This sounds awesome. It, it is. I, I like it. And... It's something Andrew Chapman did in um, the the duel book that you do when you're the two princes. Mm. And if you're playing solo, you get a status score for that. So you, if you turn up at a, a location, then if your status score is a certain value, then the other prince is at the location as well. And then different things happen. I remember. Compared to if you're on yeah, yeah. So um, it's a bit like that. So I've not really worked out what he did, but basically you go to a location on the map and if your status score is a certain value, then the enemy tank will be there and then you can try and shoot at it. And if it's not, then you carry on moving around. But once again, it's com it's completely avoidable. He seemed to, Andrew Chapman just to seem to take all the good stuff and put it in bits that are either really well hidden or bits that you don't need to do at all. Maybe this is like your, your reward for exploring. Yes. Yeah, it is It is a good reward, yes. It, it might be like that, yes. Um, it doesn't, yeah, it, does, it doesn't really give you anything useful, but it's a, it's a good reward. Um, and it's, it's a nice little diversion. Um, so I got to there on my second one, but then I died because if you win the tank battle, this um, creature called a toroid, which is like a donut with teeth, um, kills you if you don't kill it in three rounds. So that's that's what happened um so yes um but then i i tried on my third attempt i actually managed to capture cyrus yes so how does that go around so that goes so i i walk past the spheres i answer a lot of random questions from these funny little robot things um which i i won't spoil um <laughs> well no i will spoil actually yes, please, one of one of the questions made me angry. Um, firstly, you have to just walk through the spheres as if and try not to dodge them. And then secondly, 
um, you get these random little robots asking you questions. And the first one asks a question, which is, which is faster, light or time? Which didn't bother me as a kid, but now I've studied some physics, I um, time doesn't have a speed, so I got really annoyed. Because time's, well, yeah, time's time. Um, time's a sort of axis with space and the fourth dimension. Yeah, um, and time is faster than light, according to this, so... And there we go. Uh, you're just basically giving nonsense answers to nonsense questions. So you have to say that time is faster than light. You have to say they're they're not real, that the world's not real and everything's an illusion. And then you have to be honest and tell them that you're trying to find Cyrus and they just um, let you through and start talking about what they'll do if, if Cyrus gets captured and they don't have a job anymore. So once again, the guards are terrible. Um, yes. I, yeah, I, I just like to point out that the cleaners have done a much better job at killing me than any guard in this book. It does sound like it. It yes. sounds like they've probably got the better unit. Well, yes, exactly. They they certainly they certainly know where they stand, and uh, well, yeah, hopefully, I hope they got paid overtime for that actually, because that probably doesn't come under their duties. They they probably get their rep to to sort of. Uh, to sort of get them get them a bit of extra pay for killing the space assassin. So tell us about capturing Cyrus himself. Uh, yes, so Cyrus is um, he's a scientist, but he's not a sort of super duper combat fighting type person. Like he's not like Balthus Dyer who can do both magic and fight. Um, so he tries to talk you out of capturing him, and basically you just have to not listen to him. Uh, so first he offers you a drink and then he says can we play some cards and then he tries to tell you that he's got a device that fires an armor piercing dart and they're all bluffs or they're all ways to try and escape um, and then so if you ignore that then you go he escapes through a secret passageway and then you follow him and while you've been following him he's in this sort of um, I'm going to say exo frame or um what else could it? Mecca is in a mech, I guess, um, which is which is called a Waldo, and and then and then you have a bit of a harder combat, but it's not too hard because it's skill nine, stamina twelve. So he's um, um, about as tough as one of the cleaners. Yeah, basically, um, he is about as tough as one of the cleaners. He's got the same skill as one <laughs> of the cleaners, and a bit higher stamina. So. He's, he's probably your hardest combats, with the cleaners being the second hardest combats in, in the book. Um, and then and then if you capture him, you win. And and then there's a bit of the book which I really can't defend, so I'm not going to bother. It's the... the... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so reassuring. <laughs> well, it, it's the ending. Go um, on, go on, what's the ending? I remember I have not got to the end of this one yet. I'll read the whole ending, which okay. will give you a first problem is, you drag the unconscious Cyrus from the Waldo, which is the, the robot he's been in. Your mission is a complete success. Congratulations. The end. What? There you go. I know. Okay. You so, um, you, 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 are, you have won. Yes. Uh, that's that seems to be what what it is, but he doesn't really he doesn't really dwell on it, does he? He doesn't really 
make it unambiguous. He's, he's, you've won. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay, so Stuart, you you have nominated this as uh, as one of your your favorite um, favorite Final Fantasy books, maybe. Uh, yeah, I is it my favorite? Um, I, I nominate it because I wanted to defend it. I wanted to tell everyone that it's better than everyone thinks. Why mainly is it, because why is it better than uh, than than the um, than the reputation? What what is it that sets this one above? Let's let's make this um, plead the case. Go for it. So the ca- the case is there's lots of really good set pieces, but you just can't find them very easily. And that's the case. So there's the pan-dimensional home in your vice, where you get these little strange aliens asking you for money and weapons and armor, or sending you to a, a, a void and then apologizing. There's um, the world that you can explore, which which, which is quite nice. Uh, it might get a bit tedious with the compass points, but that's good. There's um, there's the sort of funny little jokes when you say I say. Um, and then, and then there's other things which I haven't even mentioned yet. Like if you shoot the pilot of the ship, which is a robot, um, he says, "What a strange person!" and then bursts into flames. Because <laughs> um, the pilot's got all philosophical, so he sort of yes, um, which you might not see because that's on a route because that's not the optimal route. You're supposed to be friends with the pilot, so you you probably won't see these things because they're not the things you're supposed to do to win. Um, and then th- there's other little things like I found the head of a robot that kept on offering me um, alien cocktails, and that that reminded me of the talky toaster from Red Dwarf, and I, I thought that was quite oh, funny. Talky toaster. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a legend. Right. Okay. So that's uh, that's a fairly good, um, fairly good uh, like reason to give uh, to give Space Assassin another um, another quick read, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, just just uh, do anything possible to not go on the winning path, and you'll probably find something interesting. Basically, <laughs> um, shall we do um, shall we do our scores? Yes. Um, w- would you like to go first? Um, I will. Um, I will happily give this one uh, two and a half stars. Um, if it's, ah. is it stars we're doing? Two and a half. We're, we're... Stars. We're changing every week. I think a stars is appropriate for space, I guess. So we could two and a half could do energy type pills. Type yeah, two and a half energy pills. Two yeah, and a half safes, exploding safes, two unavoidable and a half, yeah. d- destroying hyper intelligent squirrels. Yes, that'd be good. Two and a half hyper intelligent squirrels. Good. Cool. Um, because um, so you, you pleaded the case really, really well, and um, all of those uh, additional little. Definitely add a lot to this, um, so I bumped it up by um, by a whole um, point. Oh wow, excellent! Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that worked. Well, I, I was also going to give it two and a half stars actually, because um, even though there's good bits, so now I'm now explaining why I'm doing. Um, yeah, there are some things I can't avoid, like the ending, and and the idea that you can't avoid pressing the buttons on a safe and probably dying from that. So. Yes, so I'm giving it two and a half because there are good bits. It just didn't quite live up to the potential of what it could have been. You know so. what that means? That puts it a slap bang five out of ten. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay, so good. not too, uh, not too shabby. Um, Space Assassin better than um, 
better than the the, uh, the sum of its well better because of the sum of its parts well yes exactly just it's got parts that are good um just just not just not the parts that you've probably seen so there we go <laughs> okay so um what do we have on the um on the queue for next week uh, yes so next week um, it's another one of mine, so we did two of yours, and now we're doing two of mine. It's Daggers of Darkness. I will be completely honest with you, I like Daggers of Darkness. Ah, good, so so do I. And I thought I'd do it because it's 35, which is right, probably right in the middle of, of the series now. There's probably 70 books, so um, probably doesn't get as much press from people online because if they do a playthrough they probably don't reach it yeah, um, because yes. it's halfway through so although yes. it does uh, to be fair have one of the most um, most memorable covers it does it does I I I wonder if that's even possible what they're doing on the cover um, um, let sh shall we describe the uh, the cover of daggers of darkness um, which uh, contains a um, a Mongolian barbarian who seems to be wielding a death mace whip weapon of some sort, and his trusty eagle companion, jet skiing yes, across that's, a river. Uh, that, so yes, he's got his trusty eagle companion flying with him, and he's wielding the death mace with his trusty eagle companion while surfing on two saber-toothed tigers, yes. um, and holding the reins with one hand while he's holding the mace with the other. And he has an eye patch, which means his depth perception probably isn't that great either. Um, and they're in a river. Yes. When so, I say jet skiing, they are literally death jet skiing saber-toothed tigers. Exactly. I mean, if, it's brilliant. If you've seen this cover, you want to buy the book. Exactly. That is that is an awesome thing. It makes you wish. It makes you wish saber-toothed tigers were still around, so you could do this. Yes. Um, and it could maybe put it. It could have been in the Olympics. So, so join yeah. us um, in a week's time where we will be um, hopefully playing the uh, Jet Skiing Tiger Olympics in uh, Daggers of Darkness. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. Lovely. Well, thank you for, uh, for joining us and uh, tune in again next week for another episode of the podcast of Firetop Mountain. podcast from Firetop Mountain is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Malachite Idol, Zach Rules, Billy Holder, Spike Murphy, Dawn Upson, Alexandru Bugatu, Snyder's Return. Support us on our Patreon and may your stamina never fail.